Do you consider yourself normal? Then this is not the show for you. Please go somewhere else. This is WYRD. If it's getting weird, it's got to be the Weird Mountain Gals show. You're listening to Byron and Alicia, the Weird Mountain Gals. When I said do a Christmas ring, I thought you were going to go ring, 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 and then we hear bells will be ringing. The sad, sad. You are just cruising for this album, aren't you? I am. You know, it is a sign. It's a good sign. When I'm in music mode in my regular mm -hmm. conversational life, you know that my brain has calmed down enough from its usual you, distractions and all of the, all the gaffla out there. And so... I've, yeah, I've just been responding with, with songs, and I know part of it is the season because there's songs everywhere, but... A friend of mine today on Facebook was saying that a couple of days ago, Facebook moved her to a different town. It just said, oh, she's from there now. Oh. And so today it said, oh, now she's back in Incacandler, wherever she is. And I was like, oh, you know how those time passages are. And then I went, time passages. <laughs> Buy me a ticket on the last train home tonight. And then it made me think Al Stewart. I hadn't thought of him in years. I was going to say, there's not enough Al Stewart out there anymore. There is really not. Year <laughs> of the Cat. What a great song that was. Oh, the year. Oh, gosh. You know, I'm going to be telling my devices to play that anytime now. You know it. You know Thank it. You. And, and, of course, then I had to look him up to see what he's up to. That little bugger is still just touring everywhere he goes. Really? Drawing crowds. Yeah. Well, maybe we'll run across him in our world tour soon. Gosh, you reckon we could open for Al Stewart? Wow. We could only dream about that. Yes. I'm dreaming of it right now. Are you? Are you dreaming yeah. of a white Christmas? I wish you could see there's like a little thought bubble coming out from my head. Oh. Is that what like in is? cartoons? I mean, the reality is, isn't it, Alicia, that I'm just a cartoon character, really? Yeah, aren't we I'm all? a real person. No, you're a real person, but you're... And also a cartoon character. Right, you're just drawn like a cartoon sometimes. David Cohen would do a cartoon of the Weird Mountain Gals. Oh, wouldn't that be <laughs> awesome? He's so talented. He is. What a good guy he is. Do you know him? I do. I do. I, I briefly, I met him a couple of times, and that's about it through the years. He was dating a friend of mine in the 80s. That uh, shows how old all of us are. <laughs> well, the the 80s feel like 10 years ago to me. They do to me, too. Isn't that strange how that is? It is. It's, it's very so strange. So, I time travel. 
I believe that Santa would have to time travel to be able to to make it to all the houses in one night. Oh, got to, got to. I figured that out about time travel when I was a little girl, like mm-hmm. in kindergarten. And I somehow, it might have been that book, A Wrinkle in Time. Do you remember that book? Oh, I do. I remember it real well. About tesseracts and, uh-huh. and had the, the three, uh, were they the... Were they called witches? Yes. They were. Okay. Yeah. That's in my mind. That's how I was thinking of them. It's Mrs. Mrs. What's it and Mrs. Who? Yeah. And Mrs. I can't remember who the third one is. Mrs. Mrs. Yeah, I can't either. I'll bet. Sir Tesser. Yes. And in my mind, that's what happened to Santa Claus. And there were mysteries about Santa Claus. Can you imagine being my parents and the fa- older adults around me if when I wanted to know something about Santa Claus? Because I knew something was up about him. I just didn't know what. I knew that people's voices changed when they talked to kids about Santa Claus. Mm-hmm. And I knew that his country Santa's voice on the phone sounded just like my great uncle, Frank Hampton. And the parents and grandparents, when I would talk to him, would get this kind of sly little look on their face. What did Sandy say now? He knows if you're not behaving. But can you imagine, really? I bet I sat right there and said, well, how does he do this? Well, how does he do that? Well, explain this, please. There was a a book a few years ago that you would have loved as a kid called The Physics of Christmas. Oh, And it it was how the reindeer flew and how uh, Santa manipulated time. It was a really cool book. Oh, The Physics of Christmas. The Physics of Christmas, I believe, was the name of it. The Physics of Christmas. Interesting. Well, and I I remember those things about... Christmas that I knew something was up, but I also didn't care because the greedy little child in me was going, hey, pretty soon there's going to be, you know, toys. I was really lucky. I thought every little child was as lucky as me. And I really looked forward to that. I really looked forward to that morning when I would get up and I would usually get up before everybody else and I'd have a little time and I'd just go into, uh, into the living room and in our family, all the little kids of Santa Claus age gathered in my grandmother's house and spent the night there. And so it all kind of consolidated. So the grown-ups and the kids, we opened presents to each other on the 24th in the evening. And then Uh Santa Claus came in the morning. And the kids did the Santa Claus thing. And so there was always three, four, five kids, however many, and running around. And I was the oldest one and I would usually wake up before the grown-ups and all and I'd go into the living room and there would be toys there for all of us. And it was like a magic fairyland. It was just it was wonderful. I would go and play and and eventually other people would start straggling up out of bed. And that's probably my fondest memory 
was having that quiet time going into the living room by myself and seeing that magic had transpired through the night. And that suddenly the living room looked completely different. And to, and it, it was this very special feeling. And at, once you grow old, you know, and you, once you grow old enough to lose that belief in Santa Claus, you do lose a, a, a beautiful part of yourself. But it changes into a beautiful memory at that point, you see. I'll never forget that. I might live to be a long, uh, old person, but I'll always remember that. So oh, that's beautiful. How about you? Did you have a, anything you really look forward to at Christmas? Christmas was often a very hard time for us because uh, my parents were both drinkers. Mm. So it, uh, it often by the end of the day was not a very good day, you know, yeah. but I, I was just thinking about when I was, I don't know, maybe six or seven years old. Um, I, I used to sometimes go to church with my grandmother and somebody in Sunday school or the junior choir or something must have told me that, um, that all the animals would kneel down and pray on Christmas Eve. Oh, wow. And, and, and they said, well, you've got animals. Why don't you go check and see if they do that? And I was like, eh, they don't do that. What is wrong with you? But then whenever that was, I can't remember what animals we had at that point because we had a cow and a mule and ponies and horses. We had all, all kinds of animals, all kinds of critters. Wow. And I remember going up there, up towards the sheds where the animals were kept when the, after dark, you know, to see if at midnight they would kneel down and pray. And I remember oh. falling falling asleep up there and then waking up and and they didn't do it but you know what my parents didn't miss me oh wow <laughs> how old were you i don't know probably maybe eight or nine i don't know how old i was old old enough to be curious about that but young enough to have a a possible belief in it yeah um and and came in you know sometime after midnight came wandering in the house <laughs> probably cold as hell probably <laughs> probably complaining because well they didn't pray in my barn <laughs> i don't know maybe they prayed somewhere else but they didn't pray at my house <laughs> wow and now you had a brother and were still you do have, still do have a brother yes oh well, uh, yes yes were you the older or is he the older i'm the oldest i'm the oldest by three and a half years oh okay so I'm the oldest, but I, it's a close thing with me to be the oldest because well, right. my brother's 11 months younger than me, if that tells you anything. Well, it says y'all are Irish twins. Irish twins, yeah. I do know that there are many photos of us uh, laying in the crib together. And I'd be on one end with my head at one end of the crib, and Craig would have his head at the other end of the crib. So y'all could kick each other. And, yeah, I guess so. I don't remember anything about that. I've seen the pictures, though I know that it did happen. <laughs> <laughs> so Christmas has, it's a mixed up thing for me. Yeah. Since I've been an adult, you know, I get to have the kind of Christmas I want. And I don't, I don't celebrate Christmas. I celebrate winter solstice. Solstice. So, yeah, it's all done. It's all done for me at this point. Is it? I've got all the decorations up and all that. And we will do a Christmas dinner, but. Yeah. 
Um, yeah, it's just it's much better as an adult than it was as a kid. It's, I know it's that's got not more meat to it, doesn't it? Well, and I know that's not true for everybody. That for some people they look back on those beautiful childhood memories where they were, you know, where the world was still an innocent, sweet place. Yeah. Um, then those are not necessarily my memories or a lot of people's memories. This is this can be a really really hard time of year, and we had talked in the pre-show about especially this year with covid and with everything else there's there's plenty of people that are they are not going to see the people that they love at this time of the year when sometimes it's the only time you see people they're not going to be able to see them safely or smartly they're going to have to stay away and then some people are not going to see the people that they love because those people have died this year that's very hard it is. A, it's a real hard thing. The first Christmas, I guess Hanukkah is the same thing, winter solstice, but the first of those big holidays after somebody has died are so hard, so hard. Yeah, I know. They, my dad died and it was right before Christmas. And we, I think we buried him one week before Christmas. Oh, honey. Yeah. Well, it is, it, it is hard, but still it is the way that it is and although I can't express to you how sorry I am that anybody has to experience the death of a loved one especially at this time of year but I also know that sometimes there's nothing we can do that would have stopped that death is a personal thing and when it comes well, it's, yeah. it's a very it's the one thing we all have in common because we are all going to do that. Right. Right. But it's also the ultimate personal thing because nobody else can do that for you. you right. See? And right now I know Billy Graham's in the grave jerking somewhere because I said that, but <laughs> I stand by it, you know, so it doesn't necessarily need to be, the end of our love for somebody you see oh, no of course not i still have all my memories of my dad and that doesn't change no it does not so that's that's little enough but it is enough to hold on to if you're hurting this christmas just know that you are not alone you're not alone and if you need proof of it just go jump on facebook for yeah. one minute yeah, it's absolutely true. And and also, I, you know, here it is, the, the, the jolliest time of the year, but boy, I got to go right back to it, is that grieving is something, talk about personal, grieving is something personal, and you got to do however you do. Yeah. And there's not any one prescribed way to do it. Yeah. And if what you need to do is be with people while you grieve or work while you grieve or be alone or cry or laugh or however you're going to step into and walk that pathway, that's how you got to do it. That's true. That's where the priestess in you comes out, the healer in you comes out. <laughs> that, but that's true. And folks, if you're hurting and it's Christmas and you're putting on a happy face, let me tell you, you're a strong person. And let me also say that if you're grieving and hurting and you're not putting on a happy face, there's no shame in that. No, at all of it, however it is you have to work it is yep. how you have to work it. Yep. 
and I am, I am, I don't know, I was going to say hopeful, but I'm not hopeful necessarily about it, but I, I would hope that the people around you who love you will give you the space to do that however you need to do it. So if you just, if you need to just talk about the person who died, you can just have somebody talk to. Or if you don't want to talk about it, you don't have to talk about it. Right. And you know what? That's another one of those things. Don't be ashamed of it. Take yeah. care of yourself. Yep. I mean, this this time of year, American capitalism would like for us to believe that everything is happy and wonderful <laughs> and you need to go spend some more money on people you barely know and you need to flood your friends that you love and your family that you love, flood them with expensive gifts. But <laughs> the reality, all of it is that this is a hard time of year. It is. Yep. I'll get aggravated. I, I know you've heard me say that, but commercials have ruined Valentine's Day. Of course, I, I never was big on Valentine's Day because of just because, but commercials <laughs> really ruined it if there was ever any chance. And it's getting really close about about uh, the Christmas season, this end of the year season. It's very maudlin time. And I also want to say one other thing. I'm going to shut up about the subject, and that is expectations. Yes. Are yes. the things that get in our way. And the expectation that Christmas is, or the Christmas season, the holiday season, whatever you want to call it. I'm from Asheville. We in Robinsville, we said the Christmas season. Mm -hmm. Expectation that it has to be a happy time is BS. Yeah. No, it doesn't have to be a happy time to be significant. I've had some sad things that have happened to me around this time of year, but it's still going to be probably my most favorite time of year. Maybe. I don't know. I know. I don't know, but it's still, it's a time of year I look forward to. And part of the reason is because it's got some meat to it. It has things that I remember about it. And, and the word bittersweet applies. Mm. And the yeah. older you get, the more you come to appreciate bittersweet because your life becomes more filled with that. Wouldn't you say? Absolutely. Yeah. When I was well, a child, I'd never experienced bittersweet. And the older we get, the more people around us aren't around us anymore. Yeah. They've, they've either, you know, they've walked through the gateway of the door of death or yeah. they've moved away or... The relationships have just moved on. Mm -hmm. Yep. And so there's a lot to think about. There is. And, you know, there's even with this sad subject, let's bring it back around because we all have that subject in common. If we are lucky enough to have somebody in our life that we've outlived. Okay. Oh, yeah. We're going to have that subject in common. But the nice part of it is we get to, and especially around Christmas, how many times have you said either to yourself or somebody else, oh, I remember so-and-so used to love this cookie or used to love, mm -hmm. remember how so-and-so used to wrap their packages? Remember how so-and-so would get all, all head up every time she'd hear this song on the radio? That's the good stuff that you can remember. It is. and And how many times have I in the past little while talked about the way my great aunt Irene made sweet tea. I've oh, talked yeah. about that. I, I bet 10 times. Yep. And one reason I'm talking about that is because my daughter's 
uh, Sweetie Pie, who I call my son outlaw, he <laughs> loves sweet tea. And I make the sweet tea the same way my great aunt Irene did. Right. And he just loves it. So, whoo-hoo, sweet tea. <laughs> and there's always a story because it's, you know, because it's Appalachia. There's always a story. And now, another holiday story for your listening pleasure. I remember at my cousins, their dad uh, lit, worked at Sales Biltmore Bleachery, and they lived in the Mill Village mm -hmm. when, when we were real young. Um, and Santa would come through the Mill Village on a fire truck. <laughs> and I remember being on their porch and, look at Santa Claus. Santa Claus is on the fire truck. Look at that. Look at that. And didn't have any idea that that was not the tradition mm -hmm. or no, Santa was always Santa on the fire everywhere. truck. Who knew? Santa was magic. Santa still is magic. Santa Very is magic. magic. Yeah, you're right about that. There's magic everywhere and Santa's got some of it. hilarious meme that came across social media that was uh, Dolly Spartan. No. And it was like Dolly Parton, but dressed as a Spartan warrior. And I was like, hell yes, Dolly Spartan. <laughs> That's right. What was the size of her breastplate? <laughs> <laughs> Probably customs, I guess. Tune in next time when we'll hear Byron say, hell yes, Dolly Spartan. <laughs> Hey, thank you for spending your time with us here at Weird Mountain Gals. We sure do appreciate it. You know, I know time is the most important thing we have, so I promise that if you take your time to listen to us, we'll take our time to continue to be weird. Many thanks to Sunslice Records for all the help. We couldn't do it without you, Craig. Check out our social media for information, community, or a few laughs. W-Y-R-D Mountain Gals. W-Y-R-D.